Well, football is just around the corner, and today is another action-packed, filled episode full of football topics. To start things off, we got college football coaches poll coming out. We'll talk about the rankings and teams that I already see as a little overrated, teams that I have some concerns with going into this up-and-coming season, and some that I really like that are ranked. Then we'll be going into the NFL and talking about some preseason topics like position battles for quarterbacks and other news that I'm excited to see when it comes to the preseason. Let's get into the episode today. All right, so for those who do not know, every year there is a top 25 ranking list that comes out of the best programs around the country. And one of those would be the coaches poll. That's what came out yesterday. Now, I want to go through and highlight some of the teams that I really like about it and kind of highlight things that might surprise me, teams a little high, teams a little low, and overall some things that I want to share when it comes to talking points about this upcoming college football season. To start things off, I want to be talking about, well, the 25th overall team, Texas A&M. Yep, Texas A&M, one of the most hyped teams every year when it comes to football. They are an SEC school. They recruit on the levels of Texas Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia's of the world, but they can never seem to show that same level of success on the field. They are a team that really desperately needs to have a good season for Jimbo Fisher, their head coach's sake. Yeah, they need to put a 10-11 win season together. I don't think it's happening this year, but the talent is always there. It comes down to execution. That's why they're 25th. When it comes to 24th overall, we have another Texas school, Texas Tech. I love some big 12 football, and Texas Tech is one of those teams that always can just keep it up with the best of them when it comes to scoring and putting up points. I don't know too much about this Texas Tech team. Don't even know who the quarterback is, barely know who the coach is, but I will say makes sense to me. They're always a fairly solid program. Tulane checks in at 23. Now, the Tulane Green Wave have never been a staple in college football but um yeah now uh they're in the top 25 to start the year they were probably the best non-power five team last year even beating usc in a new year six bowl so because of that last year of success they get kind of tossed in this year's ranking now they did lose a lot of talent so i'm not sure if they'll necessarily be able to keep that up but i do see why they're here at least 22, we got Ole Miss, seems to be a fair ranking. At 21, we got Wisconsin, which is kind of confusing because I don't really see why Wisconsin's there. Yes, brand name, which might be the reason why they're put up there. But Wisconsin just went through a coaching change and apparently an identity change. Their new head coach, Luke Fickle, I've been hearing tons of stuff about the transfer quarterback he's getting and the type of offense he wants to run in Wisconsin, which is the air raid offense, the air raid offense in the frozen tundras of Wisconsin. I'm not trying to say it's not going to work, but I've never really seen that work for them. I've, they've never attempted it. I've always seen Wisconsin as a smash mouth run first football team. Apparently that's going to change, but yep, that is Wisconsin. I don't know how they're in the top 25 when it comes to 
20th overall, we got North Carolina. This is a team I would pay attention to if you're someone that likes seeing quarterback prospects because their quarterback, Drake May, might be probably the second best prospect in the country. So watch a lot of North Carolina football if you want to see people who are eventually going to go to the NFL. Oklahoma checks in at 19. It makes sense. They're a big program. Oregon State checks in at 18. If you are a fan of college football and you just want some things to cheer for, for me, I'm cheering for Oregon State. The Beavers come in as a team that might be without a conference next year. Yes, they're one of the few lonely Pac-12 teams to yet find a home. And I don't know what they're necessarily going to do about it. They have a solid put-together team, honestly. They might have the best offensive line on the West Coast, and they have a great run game. Now, the problem with that worries me about Oregon State is that they're going to be trying to play a brand of football that no one else really plays on the West Coast, which is smash-mouth power-running football. And they can do it well. They have the line to do it. They have the run game to do it. And Uyunglele, the transfer quarterback from Clemson, might be able to be a solid play-action quarterback. However, again, if they can't manage the clock with their defense, my only concern is that they can manage the clock with their offense. But if they can't get enough stops where they have to start doing shootouts instead of game management, I worry about the offense. Kansas State checks in at 17, a solid team last year, returning some solid pieces. One that I worry about, TCU. It's going to be an interesting year for them. They start off playing Coach Prime and Deion Sanders in Colorado. TCU lost a ton last year, and now they're going to be relying on the quarterback that got benched for Max Duggan. Yes, TCU made it to the national championship game last year, which is an amazing Cinderella story. Then they got beheaded on national TV. Don't be surprised if this is an ugly year for TCU. Texas, Oklahoma, uh, Kansas State, maybe even Texas Tech, they're all going to be pushing to try and win the Big 12. TCU is now the hunted, and they're doing that with a lot less talent. Don't be surprised if this team maybe only wins six or seven games. Oregon, the future Big 10 team can't believe I'm saying that, is 15th overall. They have like eighth-year quarterback and former Auburn legend Bo Nix starting again for the team. Um, Oregon should be a solid program this year. I don't necessarily know if they're going to be a playoff team by any uh, imagine, but I think they'll be a solid maybe 15-10 to 10 team in the nation, and I think they could push USC on a good night depending on how they're playing. To potentially upset them, maybe maybe Washington as well. I think they'll probably be the second or third best team in the Pac-12, though. Utah as well is a solid team. I love how they play football. Again, I think they're going to be joining the uh, Big 12. But again, who knows anymore? Um, yeah, I, I've always loved how Utah plays football, and they're one of my favorite Pac-12 schools. They check in at 14. My only concern is that I've heard a lot of issues with their quarterback, Cam Rising. He's been there for a couple of years now, and he's a very experienced quarterback, but he is still apparently not practicing. And I don't know if they're just saving him to prevent injury or if he's actually having issues right now. Notre Dame, everyone's favorite team to watch lose, checks in at 13. 
the Fighting Irish do have some hype and some expectations with transfer quarterback uh, Sam Hartman. Um, he was at Wake Forest putting up some crazy air raid numbers. Now he has a better offense to potentially bolster his draft stock. Can Hartman do that at Notre Dame? I think so. Notre Dame honestly had a fairly solid defense last year, and I think the offense is probably what cost them a spot in the playoff. They have a fairly easy schedule this year, really only having to worry about going to Clemson and playing Ohio State. Other than that, I think they could win every other game on their schedule, but Honestly, who knows? I think Notre Dame is a team that could compete for the playoff, but don't expect them to win anything in the playoff. Hook'em Horns checks in at 12, and I will honestly say, as someone that hates the phrase, Texas is back, I don't know what else to say anymore. It's got to be this year, or just shut up about it. Texas is back. I got my hands hooking horns right now. Yes, Quinn Ewers is no longer a redneck. He finally got a haircut. He's trying to be a legit prospect at Texas. It looks like he's in better shape as well. Texas has all the talent to win, not just win, but boat race the Big 12 this year. They need to do that if they are going to make the college football playoff, because I'll be honest, once until the playoff expands, once they go to the SEC, no, I don't think they're beating Georgia every year. I don't think they're beating Bama every year. And I don't think they're going to be beating Tennessee's and, you know, uh, Texas A&M's of the world every single week consistently. So Texas needs to win this year to really establish and walk into the SEC confidently, in my opinion. Washington, a solid Pac-12 school, soon to be the Big Ten, is at 11. They have eighth-year senior Michael Penix Jr., with an, uh, the body of RoboCop pretty much keeping Washington just outside the top 10. He's been around forever. He really exploded onto the scene to potentially become a quarterback prospect. Um, he could kind of be what a Hendon Hooker was last year for Tennessee. He's an older, experienced quarterback that fits really well in the system he's playing right now. So I do think Washington, I know I talked about Oregon and Utah, I think Washington is the best competition to probably dethrone USC in the Pac-12 this year. Tennessee and Joe Milton, the former uh, Michigan quarterback, round out the top 10. Clemson is a team that I don't necessarily trust very well. When I look at Clemson, I look at a team that's necessarily a has-been. For a little history lesson for you guys in the mid-2010s, Clemson was kind of uh, a top eight to 14 program in the country. They were very solid and respectable, but they could never get over the hump when it came to national status. All of a sudden, Deshaun Watson comes along and so does uh, Trevor Lawrence. And they all of a sudden are competing with the Georgias and Alabamas of the world and beating them consistently. They were the face of college football for about a four, five year span. Then all of a sudden, once Trevor Lawrence leaves, they really haven't been the same team. They are still Clemson. They are still a brand. They are still a very good program. But anyone that truly believes they are still on the level of Alabama, Georgia, I don't necessarily think that's the case anymore. I will say, perfect example, I think there's a couple schools that are passing them up potentially this year. I think LSU is ahead of them now. I think Michigan is a better program than Clemson now. And I think Tennessee is right on the fringe of maybe jumping them as well. Perfect example, another ACC school in Florida State is ranked ahead of them. This is the highest the Seminoles have been 
probably since the Jameis Winston area era last I could check. Uh, the Seminoles have not had a lot of success since they won the final BCS na- National Championship in, I think, 2014. Uh, 2014 or 2013, can't remember. It was Jameis Winston, though. And uh, they have a lot of expectations this year. They stole uh, my Michigan State receiver, Keon Coleman. They have Jordan Travis, a solid quarterback with lots of experience. There is a lot of hype with this Florida State team, and honestly, in a weaker ACC, I think it's them and Clemson, and I think the winner gets a playoff spot, potentially. At seven, we have Penn State. They're always the awkward stepchild of the top three of the Big Ten. It always seems to be Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. Unfortunately, it really is just Michigan, Ohio State, and then Penn State, kind of a tear down. Penn State might go 10-2 and this year, and both of their losses will be Ohio State and Michigan. I think that they are a very solid team. I think it comes down to quarterback play if they're going to be able to dethrone one of those two teams in front of them. They have a hot shot, highly touted prospect in Drew Aller, and they might have the best defense in the Big Ten. That might be able to keep them in games, but it's always been the skill positions, the run game, and honestly, unfortunately, it's been Coach Franklin's terrible decisions that usually cost Penn State big games. So, can James Franklin turn it around? Can Drew Aller be the guy? Not going to be able to answer that, but I think that they are actually a solid top 10 program, and I think they'll be there the majority of the season. If they do dethrone a team, I think it'll be Ohio State out of the two between them and Michigan, because I think Michigan plays a more smash mouth brand of football with the run game. And I think that matches up better to Penn state than Ohio state's kind of West coast offense brought over to the big 10. I will say Ryan day, while he has had success getting to the playoff and winning big 10 championships in recent years, I think that his more again west coasty move there where the run game isn't as solid and the defensive lines haven't been as strong i think that has been his weakness over the last few years and penn state could exploit that usc probably has the biggest star in college football this year and caleb williams the former oklahoma quarterback goes to usc to follow lincoln riley this team probably has the most expectations out of all the Pac-12 teams. Anything less than a playoff appearance will be a disappointment. They come in at six. LSU at five. I think they're a team that truly could dethrone Bama this year. I think they could even beat Georgia. Out of all those three schools, they're the only one that brings their returning quarterback back. And I think that they have the solid ability of really beating both of those schools in front of them, like I said. Um, They have Brian Kelly and his fake Louisiana accent, Uh, the family, but I I do think him and his family could dethrone again Alabama. I think I would probably pick them to win. So I have a lot of stock on LSU. I believe in them a lot this year. Ohio State checks in at four and got one vote to be the number one team in the nation probably themselves, if we're all being honest. And Ohio State, I love a lot of their weapons, and I love their running backs. Don't love their defense a ton, and I really don't like the fact I have no clue who their quarterback is. Never seen them really play meaningful snaps on the field, so unless they come in and have the success like a C.J. Stroud did or Justin Fields did recently, I could see Ohio State being the second favorite behind Michigan to win the big time. Alabama checks in at three, and honestly, I don't have a lot of hope for them this year. Yes, it is Saban. Yes, they've always been a staple since he's been there. However, Bryce Young is gone. We don't know who the quarterback is. 
a lot of the skill positions are not what Alabama status has been. There's a lot of question marks. We have to see the new established faces come in. Who's the star receiver that they've always had? They've always had an Amari Cooper, a Julio Jones, a Calvin Ridley, a, a, a Devontae Smith, a Jamison Williams. Where is that receiver this year? Where's their star running back? Their Eddie Lacy, their Mark Ingram, their you know Jameer Gibbs. They where is it this year? They don't have the talent on the skill positions that's yet to be established. So unless a guy comes out of nowhere, I do have some worries for Bama this year that LSU could beat them. Michigan comes in at two. My expectations for Michigan championship or bust. There is nothing else. No loss is acceptable unless it's maybe a, a last second field goal in the national championship game, but they have the most experienced quarterback in the top 10. They need to win it. Finally, they have guys coming back that had draft status eligible. They have a great run game. They should be able to beat you up, get stops defensively, and then run the clock out with their run game. I think they have the ability to do it. I hate this program. With my full heart, because I'm a diehard Spartans fan, but I will give credit where credit is due. However, they need to—they really knew need to meet those expectations. And then finally, Georgia is number one. It makes sense; they were the reigning, defending, two-time champs. While I do think it'll be very hard for them to win three straight championships, they always had the talent to do so. So that is your top 25. What programs are you excited to see play football? Which ones do you think have too much hype? Which ones are you surprised you didn't hear at all? I'd love to know your thoughts. Again, college football is right around the corner. And one of the last years we're going to have college football like this. So enjoy it while it lasts. Tell me what you're excited to see with these teams. So a lot of news when it comes to quarterbacks and position battles across the league. To start things off, it looks like they still haven't found a starter in Tampa Bay between quarterback Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask, the backup. I don't know who's necessarily going to get the honor of leading this team, but I truly believe not only a lot of Buccaneers fans, but a lot of people kind of think the Buccaneers are just going to kind of stay as what they were last year. However, I think that they are going to take a steep fall off a cliff. They had the greatest quarterback of all time in Tom Brady and didn't even post a winning record last year in a weak division. That division starting to get tougher now that Bryce Young is in there. Looks like they're building something special. Derek Carr is now there. The Saints look like they're trying to build at least a wild card level team. And the, the Falcons, they have an elite run game and they have a very solid defense. This division's getting more difficult, and all the Buccaneers did was keep some of their their current players and lose the greatest quarterback of all time in Brady. So I have no clue what their expectations are really as fans, as a team. For me, I think this might be the worst team in the division at the end of the year. And uh, I don't really think either player, Mayfield or Trask, has any chance of being a long-term starter. So this battle doesn't really matter much to me. Honestly, I might prefer seeing Kyle Trask over Baker Mayfield only because we don't know what he is. He's a second year player that never really has had a chance as he sat behind Brady. But I will say the problem with it is Baker Mayfield is too much of a name 
He's too much of a star when it comes to his, again, name recognition, to kind of just be a bench quarterback. So uh, I do think Mayfield will start as the uh, starter to begin the year, and uh, then it would be his job to lose. When it comes to other moves around Lee, when it comes to starters, Brock Purdy, yes, Mr. Irrelevant. I'm so tired of hearing that, but yes, Mr. Irrelevant himself. Uh, is is uh, going to be starting for the 49ers this year. He is the bona fide starter. Then it's Sam Darnold and it is um, Trey Lance fighting for the backup spot. The thing about it, though, is when you have a starter like Brock Purdy, you kind of want to have a backup that plays a similar type of quarterback. And unfortunately, that is not Trey Lance anymore. So I wouldn't be even shocked if Trey Lance falls to QB3 behind a more experienced quarterback in Sam Darnold. That is insane to me, the fact that they gave up so much for um, Trey Lance, and he's absolutely done nothing for this team. Now you have a guy who, again, was a lottery ticket in, uh, in Brock Purdy, and now he is your starting quarterback. Absolute insanity. Another interesting one is that C.J. Stroud will be the starter to start the preseason against the New England Patriots for the Houston Texans. I always get excited at seeing the next wave of quarterbacks play. I've heard some struggles. I'm hearing his accuracy is great. I don't know what it is, but I want to see it. So getting that ability to see a young star quarterback in C.J. Stroud play for his team this upcoming week, just a couple days away, I cannot wait. And then I've heard heard a lot of hype when it comes to Anthony Richardson and his ability with the Colts. Now, I think that the hype for Anthony Richardson is probably a lot bigger than the hype for the Colts. But overall, I can't wait to see that one as well. I hope he wins the starting job. I, I would really like to see it. Um, another little bit of news around the league when it comes to the Detroit Lions, my team. Teddy Two Gloves, Teddy Bridgewater, is off the market. He is signing as a backup role with my Detroit Lions. I kind of read this as it is a one-year deal, I believe, uh, and they're really looking, yes. So it is going to be a one-year deal. I think this is a good move because it is a huge insurance policy in case something happens to Jared Goff. Now, I'm... Knocking on wood, football god, so don't curse me, please. But Jared Goff has been a very healthy quarterback the majority of his career. He has not had several injuries, but it is always smart to bring in a backup like Teddy Bridgewater. He is probably the best backup available. Honestly, he might just be the best backup in the league. Some view him as a fringe starter. Some franchises have tried to do him as a fringe starter. But overall, I think Bridgewater is a very solid quarterback and in case anything happens to golf where he gets covid or he you know he rolls an ankle friend is out for a couple weeks or again knocking on wood at least we will hope that nothing happens and he potentially um gets injured but this keeps him competitive in case something does happen so again good move by the lions in a year where they're looking to win the division i think this was a great move so we have some preseason football coming out as soon as Thursday. I will 
talk in depth more of these games when it happens. But yes, we have the Texans and the Patriots, and then we have the Minnesota Vikings and the Seattle Seahawks. Both of those are going to be on NFL Network this Thursday, August 10th. I can't wait to watch those games. I'm going to get a little highlights of them. You get to see a glimpse of the future of some of these players that might be able to make teams or maybe guys coming out of nowhere, young draft picks, making a name for themselves. Bottom line, football is back and I can't wait. So thank you all for listening. I'll see you on the next episode of Max Sports. My name is Max. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. And I'll see you tomorrow.